There are more than 300 episodes of Listen to Sleep, all available for free because of the generous support of our sponsors. And while you'll never hear any ads after the story or meditation starts, you can get every episode ad-free, plus over 100 bonus episodes, all for less than the price of one cup of coffee a month by going to listentosleep.com and clicking on support. Thank you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, it's Eric. Welcoming you back to the tranquil sanctuary of Listen to Sleep. Together, we embark on a journey where stories morph into tranquil lullabies, and dreams begin to glimmer like stars reflected on a still, moonlit lake. In our tale tonight, we go back to where it all began, the beginning of things a tale from Norse mythology that was the first story I ever read on Listen to Sleep over four years ago. This time, it's been reimagined to give voice and visibility to all the inhabitants of this great world we share. So lay back and let the soothing voices of the past wash over you. Allow this reimagined saga to unfold, to resonate with your soul, as we retell an age-old tale in a new light, a tale of frost and flame, love and acceptance, a saga that truly celebrates the diversity of life. Before we set off, I'd like to invite you to a special corner of our cozy storytelling haven, Listen to Sleep Plus. Being part of Listen to Sleep Plus is like holding a lantern in the quiet of the night, guiding you into the seamless union of storytelling and meditation under a star-speckled sky. Without your support, Bodie and Joey and I wouldn't be able to continue spinning tales and guiding meditations, keeping this nurturing sanctuary vibrant and flourishing. For less than the price of one cup of coffee a month, 
you can embark on this uninterrupted, serene journey. For more details, visit listentosleep.com or just follow the link in the show notes. Now, I don't know how you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you're wearing some painful earbuds which will be lost in your bed come morning, or maybe through a little speaker on the bedside table, keeping the whole house awake. Or maybe you're just playing it through your phone. But none of these were ever designed for bedtime. Now, just imagine for a second, you're snuggled up in bed, totally relaxed, your ear nuzzled deep into your comfy pillow, and my voice is magically playing back to you. No painful earbuds, no tangled wires, just total comfort and the sound you love. Well, imagine no more, because this is exactly what today's sponsor is here to help with. The Sleep Bar is an advanced under-pillow speaker that turns your pillow into the comfiest earphone ever. With a customizable shutdown timer, a huge battery that lasts multiple nights, and bone conduction audio that won't wake your partner. It's got everything you need to transform your bedtime listening. And they've given our listeners a limited number of 20% off codes. Simply head to dusker.com. That's D-U-S-K-E-R dot com. And enter the code LTS20 to claim yours. Let's take a deep breath in and out. Just letting go of the day, feeling the weight of gravity pulling you deep down into the mattress. And another deep breath in. And out. Nothing to do. Nowhere to go. No one to be. This is your time. Quiet time. And one more deep breath in with me. And out. If you get tired while I'm reading to you, that's okay. Just let yourself drift off. The Saga of Frost and Flame. A tale of the beginning of things. The earliest tales spun by the loom of time often speak about the dawn of existence. But given the diverse array of peoples who first told these tales, their great antiquity, and the significant transformations they've undergone in the course of countless retellings, there are nearly as many versions of the world's inception as there are cultures beneath the heavens. It's hardly surprising, then, that the peoples of the North have their own unique account of the beginning 
which diverges substantially from that of their southern, eastern, and western kin. This saga draws from the tales told by those northern folks, the dwellers in the land of the midnight sun, where summers are cloaked in thriving beauty, and winters can be an austere spectacle of frost and gloom. This land of contrast is replete with towering rocky mountains resembling immense giants under whose watchful eyes thunder rolls and crashes, while at their feet lie hidden treasures of precious metals. So you will find these tales teeming with giants and dwarfs, the spirits of the cold mountains and the dark caverns. And at the heart of these stories, you will encounter Thor, the possessor of the thunderbolt hammer, residing in the blissful heavens of Asgard, where all Father Odin reigns supreme, and Baldur the Beautiful brings forth spring with his radiant smile. In these northern regions, winter, cold, and frost are formidable foes, while spring, sunshine, and warmth are cherished companions. Consequently, the tale of the beginning of things is a tale of cold and heat, of the malevolent giants who reveled in the cold, and of the benevolent Asir who basked in delightful warmth. In the absolute beginning, the tales say, there were two worlds, one ablaze with scorching heat and the other encased in biting cold. The icy world lay to the north, birthing Elivagar, a river of venomous water which solidified into ice, towering into colossal mountains, filling the infinite void. The other world, to the south, was aflame with a brilliant fire, a place of blistering, almost unbearable heat. Back in those days, throughout all of creation, these two realms of heat and cold were the only existences. But then began a fierce battle. Heat and cold clashed, each striving to obliterate the other, a struggle as enduring as time itself. Flaming sparks from the hot world fell upon the icy river flowing from the land of the cold. 
And while the sparks were extinguished, their demise was far from inconsequential. Their dying breaths melted the ice, which began to drip like tears from the world of cold, a world in pain. These icy droplets sprung to life, transforming into a massive breathing entity, a frost giant with a cruel heart of ice, the first of its kind, and the progenitor of all giants that would follow, a harsh and brutal lineage. And so, in the vast nothingness, the frost giant Emir came into existence, birthed from the dying sparks of the world of heat and the teardrops of the icy world. Emir was a formidable being, massive and chilling, embodying the iciness of winter and the relentlessness of the harsh, cold, dark world. His heart was a block of frost, and his icy eyes gleamed with malice. His breath was the bitter wind that cuts through the thickest of cloaks, and his touch brought numbing frostbite. Emir was the embodiment of frost and freeze, a being who reveled in the world of cold and ice from which he was born. In the emptiness of existence, Emir found sustenance in the milk of a cow formed by the mingling of heat and cold. This cow was not ordinary. She was Aumbla, born of the same icy tears as Emir. But her body was warm and her eyes full of the wisdom of creation. She found nourishment by licking the salty rocks of Elivagar, the river of ice that flowed from the heart of the cold world. One day, as Aumbla licked the icy rocks, something extraordinary happened. From the frozen mass, a head of hair began to appear. And by the time the sun had sunk and risen again, a man's head was visible. By the third day, an entire figure had emerged, strong and imposing. This was no malevolent giant, but a figure who, despite emerging from the frost, had a heart ablaze with warmth. This was Buri, the first of the Asir, the race of gods. He was a god born not of sparks or frost, but of salt and determination, a powerful symbol of resilience 
and endurance. His strength was unparalleled, his wisdom profound, and his heart full of an eternal warmth that would bring balance to the icy harshness of the world. Buri had a son, Bor, who was just as powerful and wise as his father. And Bor, in turn, fathered three sons, Odin, Vili, and Ve. These were the gods who would come to be known as the Asir, the protectors of the cosmos, champions of warmth and life. Each was a unique embodiment of divine characteristics. Odin, the All-Father, the god of wisdom and war. Vili, the deity of intelligence and willpower. And Ve, the god of sacred space and sanctity. They were the divine answer to the malevolent giants, beings of light to combat the beings of frost. However, time in this primordial era was not like time as we understand it. It was not simply marked by the rise and set of the sun or the change of seasons. It was fluid, an endless stretch that saw the birth and growth of these gods. And as these gods grew, so did their understanding of the world and their place within it. They came to understand the disharmony caused by the frost giants and realized that for life to flourish, for warmth to spread, they had to confront the icy lineage of Emir. And so the seeds of a great conflict were sown, a conflict between warmth and cold, between creation and destruction, between the Aesir and the giants. And the echo of this impending battle reverberated throughout the emptiness, a solemn promise of a clash that was yet to come, a clash that would shape the fate of the worlds. From this echo, heavy with prophecy, a spectacle unfolded. Across the desolate void, a ripple passed, igniting a symphony of creation. As though it were a conductor, it guided the droplets of frost into an exquisite ballet of birth. One figure emerged, humanoid, an entity forged from ice and the primordial chaos. This being was more than flesh and blood. They were an entity of unrefined elemental energy, 
born from the icy turmoil of the ancient world. Yet within them, an ember of warmth kindled, a glimmer of humanity's future heart. Amidst the harsh elements, they thrived, a beacon of resilience in the icy wilderness. Yet existence in the frost-bound world was not destined to be solitary. As the frosty winds continued their divine choreography, a new figure began to emerge. From the same dance of ice and frost, another being was born. Like the first, they held a flicker of warmth within. Their union brought forth a lineage that would later be known as the Asir, the future rulers of the nine worlds. Their offspring, imbued with the frost of their origin and the warmth of their existence, marked the dawn of a new epoch. From this lineage emerged two new members of the Asir, not like the rest. They were distinct, yet familiar. Airless and Borealis, the first two non-binary beings, were effulgent in their shared origin and pivotal in the genesis of the Asir. Their connection flowed as a river does, unbound by rigid banks, its source the ancient ice, its sustenance the primal sparks of life. In Airless and Borealis, the cosmos bore witness to an expression of identity that refused to be contained. Their unique connection was not simply a union, but a dance, an intricate ballet that defied categorization. Flourishing on a stage beyond the confines of this or that. Their story, steeped in a bold affirmation of love and the fluidity of identity, whispered the beginnings of a future where every hue on the spectrum of existence would be acknowledged, accepted, and celebrated. The gods watched with quiet pride as their lineage flourished. Their descendants carried forth a legacy of warmth and love, interwoven with the resilience of their icy realm. The stage was set for a saga that would span the ages, witnessing the triumphs and tribulations of their progeny and ultimately the ascension of the Asir to the helm of the nine worlds. Thus, the beginning of things came to pass, and the world waited with bated breath for the drama of existence to unfold. It was not long 
before the stillness of the icy realm was shattered by the resounding clash of weapons. The epoch of peace had passed, and the first time of confrontation was upon the realms. The stage was set for a monumental battle between the burgeoning force of the Asir and the colossal frost giant, Emir. In this world, born of fire and ice, the inherent animosity between the two was inevitable. Emir, an entity of relentless cold and brutal might, stood as an antithesis to the warmth and passion that had come to define the Asir. Their destinies intertwined in a dance of conflict, their struggle reflecting the eternal tug of war between creation and destruction. The battle was titanic. The forces of Emir and the Asir clashing with seismic intensity. The heavens shook and the icy expanses quivered as these two powers clashed. Amongst the Asir, three stood above the rest. Odin, the All-Father, alongside his beloved Vili and Ve, fought with unyielding determination, their love for one another empowering their combat. Their combined might, imbued with the profound unity of their shared affection, slowly began to turn the tide of battle. Their collective power, symbolizing the unity of love in all its forms, began to overwhelm the frost giant. Yet they could not defeat him. But... Within this maelstrom, Erlis and Borealis began to dance a different dance. Their non-traditional approach to the battle, fluid as the rivers that coursed through the realms, granted them a unique harmony that fused seamlessly into the Asir's strengths. Erlis with the grace of a flowing river, was ever-shifting, ever-adapting. Borealis, like the aurora of the northern sky, wove an unpredictable and mesmerizing dance of light and shadow on the battlefield. Each moved with the other, their unique rhythm attuned to the beat of the cosmos, their strategies born from a place that transcended the boundaries of conventional thought. The constraints of the battlefield held no sway over them, for they understood that strength lay not only in might, but also in the ability to shift, to adapt, to be fluid. Their union of thought and motion, neither entirely this nor that, was a fluid dance 
that ultimately defied Emir's brute force. This dance was the dance of life itself, diverse and ever-changing. Their triumph over Emir did not merely signify the defeat of an enemy, but also the affirmation of a truth, that the strength of the Asir, and indeed the strength of life itself, lay in its diversity, in its capacity for change and adaptation. And thus, through their fluid identities and the unique skills they brought, Erlis and Borealis contributed significantly to Emir's downfall and to the emergence of a world where love, acceptance, and diversity were celebrated. And so, after a relentless struggle, the victory had finally gone to the Asir. Emir, the colossal progenitor of the Frost Giants, lay fallen. The reverberations of his defeat echoed throughout the realms, marking the end of the old era and the dawn of a new one. From Emir's demise sprang forth the building blocks of a new world, his remains becoming the foundation for its creation. His flesh gave form to the earth, his bones sculpted the mountains, and his blood filled the seas. His skull became the dome of the sky, held aloft by four dwarfs stationed at its cardinal points, each representing a compass direction. His eyebrows formed the protective wall around Midgard, the realm that would one day be home to humanity. From the cruel cold of the frost giant, a world filled with warmth, love, and diversity was born. Emir's death symbolized the end of an era of cold loneliness, while the creation of the earth from his remains represented the genesis of a new age. So came into existence the very elements of the universe as the Asir would have them. Each aspect from the towering mountains to the expansive seas, bore witness to the transformative power of unity and love, their creation a lasting testament to the victory of the Asir. In this diverse world, each element stood in harmony, a fitting metaphor for the varied yet unified spectrum of identities that we embrace today. The Aesir gazed upon their creation, their hearts brimming with satisfaction. They had turned destruction into creation, transforming the vestiges of an age-old enemy into a thriving realm 
teeming with potential. And as they beheld their work, they made a solemn vow to guide this world and its future inhabitants towards love and acceptance, to honor the legacy of their battle and the love that had powered their victory. Their promise was a resounding affirmation of the world they intended to shape, a world where everyone was cherished and celebrated, a world that was a true home for all. Beneath this sky, the gods furthered their creation. A man named Mundulfari, he had two children, so radiant and beautiful that he named them after the brightest objects he could think of, sun and moon. The gods, irked by his arrogance, but acknowledging the beauty of his offspring, placed his children in the sky. Sun was given the task of driving the chariot that carried the brilliant sphere that illuminated the world, while moon guided the less bright object that shone in the night. But the gods were not done. From the flickering sparks flying out from the land of fire, they created stars, pinpricks of light to break the utter darkness of the night. Then the gods captured the fleeting dawn and the gloaming dusk, personified them as deities, and gave them charge of bringing about day and night. Odin, however, felt that their creation lacked something. As he looked upon the bare, albeit beautiful, world, he decided that they needed a stronghold, a place that was as majestic and glorious as the gods themselves. Thus, in the center of the realm, the gods erected the city of Asgard, with tall towers that grazed the sky, vast courtyards, and magnificent halls, it was a sight to behold. Here, each god had their own dwelling, tailored to their nature and preferences. From the remnants of Emir's body, much had been made, but there were still elements left untouched. From these, the gods shaped another race, the dwarfs. These beings, born of the gods' will and the giants' flesh, were destined to dwell in the deep crevices of the earth, their hearts as sturdy as the rocks they inhabited. The dwarfs were small but strong, their bodies made to withstand the weight of the world above them. They were skilled artisans, their nimble fingers weaving intricate patterns into everything they created. From their forges, 
came the most exceptional crafts, shimmering with an uncanny glow. Among the dwarfs, two stood out. Their names were Sindri and Brock. Though small in stature, they were known across the nine realms for their artistry and for their deep bond. But this bond was not one of brotherhood. They were partners, their hearts entwined with an affection that created the first family of choice. Their love story was as legendary as their craft, a tale that added another shade to the realm's diversity. The other beings of the Nine Realms respected the dwarfs, acknowledging their craft and the depth of their hearts. The Asir, too, held them in high esteem. They saw in the dwarfs, especially Sindri and Brock, the same values they sought to promote love that defied boundaries, hearts that saw beyond the binary. In their underground abode, away from the gleaming city of Asgard, the dwarfs celebrated the same diversity and unity, their society a reflection of their open hearts. While the dwarfs fashioned the world beneath the earth, the Aesir looked upon all they had created with a sense of pride. The world they had birthed from destruction was flourishing, growing into a haven of love and unity. They watched as Sindri and Brock, hand in hand, went about their craft, their love as evident as the glow of their creations. And in that moment, the Asir felt a deep sense of fulfillment. Their values were taking root, not just in the city of Asgard, but in the heart of every being in their realm. Thus, the Asir's creation continued to flourish, the realms echoing with the rhythm of life and love. They had created a multitude of beings, each unique, each imbued with its own identity, yet all of them united in their celebration of their differences. Yet there was one act of creation that was still to come, a being that would embody the very essence of their vision, humanity. The gods sculpted the first humans from the earth, their deft hands shaping the forms of Ask and Embla. Ask with his eyes that sparkled with curiosity, a reflection of his thirst for knowledge. Embla, her heart pulsing with courage, ready to embrace the world with open arms. In Embla, the Asir chose to reflect the determination and strength of Freya, 
who was born male but identified as female. Like Freya, Embla would embody resilience and fearlessness. She would stand as a reminder of the power of living one's truth, a beacon of hope for those struggling to find their place in the world. In Ask, they infused the same courage that marked Freya, who, despite being assumed female at birth, identified as male. They gave Ask the openness and acceptance that Freya epitomized, mirroring the love story of Sindri and Brock, the dwarf pair that knew no bounds. And thus, Ask and Embla came into being, their hearts echoing the values of their creators. The Asir looked upon their work with satisfaction. These were beings capable both of great love and great understanding. They would be the carriers of the God's message, the harbingers of acceptance and unity in the realms. As the Asir's creation came to an end, a sense of calm descended upon the lands. The sun set over the mountains of Midgard, casting a gentle glow. The sky was ablaze with stars, each one a silent observer of the grand saga that had unfolded. In the divine city of Asgard, Freya and Freya stood side by side, their spirits intertwined. Their journey, like that of the realms, was one of change and acceptance, a story that echoed in the wind and sang in the rustling leaves. Deep in the earth, Sindri and Brock lay wrapped in each other's arms, their love as steadfast as the rocks that sheltered them. Their laughter echoed in the caverns, a melody of joy that would ring through the ages. And on the plains of Midgard, Ask and Embla stood hand in hand, their hearts filled with a sense of purpose. They were the children of the Asir, the carriers of their vision. They were the hope of the future, the promise of a world where love was limitless and acceptance was universal. As night fell, the realms began to quiet. The wind hummed a lullaby, whispering tales of love. The rhythm of the world slowed, preparing for the rest that the night would bring. Tonight, as you journey into the realm of dreams, Remember the story that unfolded in these realms of old. It was a tale of love, acceptance, and unity. It was a saga that transcended boundaries 
and celebrated diversity. As you drift off to sleep, let the echoes of this ancient story wrap around you like a comforting blanket, reminding you of the power of love, the strength of a fluid identity, and the beauty of diversity. May the peace of the realms be with you, guiding you into a restful sleep under the watchful stars, cradled by the gentle night. Sleep and dream of a world as beautiful and diverse as the one the Aesir created. Good night.